What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast. I am Money, Cardi B's babysitter. Wow. <laughs> Does she know that? Um, I'm still interviewing for the position, but I'm speaking it into existence. Okay. Well, I'm sure uh, Culture would be very excited to have you yeah. as her uh, babysitter. You know, I could teach her all the bird calls. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Or maybe you could learn a few from her. <laughs> all right. And um, I'm Nikita. And by the time this episode drops, I am going to be a Dirty 30 queer. Yes. Happy belated when this episode comes out. Oh, I'm about to say it hasn't happened yet. I know when your birthday is. I know, is. okay. I, I mean, I don't know. For those who don't know, your birthday is December 25th. Thank you. Yes. So, um, and, you know, Capricorn if, season. Mm-hmm. If you had to choose between me and that other person. <laughs> what is that guy's name? Jesus? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure. I, just kidding. I don't want to be struck down <laughs> by anyone's deities, you know, anything like that. Well, you know, I'm, I'm Team Kwanzaa, so. <laughs> Drop the intro. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe incite my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light, I'm loving your soul They hate you, replace you, taint you, but know that you go Worldwide from every continent, I just want you to jig a little bit Move them hips, feel that bliss, hug your sis, make a fist Don't resist your temptation, you amazing, no limitation My favorite in this matrix, we move by your vibration And that's love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love, you love. All right, Nikita. So, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us? Yes, you all can find us on Instagram. Handle is QueerWalkPod, or excuse me, at QueerWalkPod. You can also find us on the same handle on Twitter. You can find us on the Book of Faces, QueerWalk, colon, the podcast. Or maybe you want to send us something a little more personal, a little something a bit more private. You can send that to our Gmail, which is QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on QueerWalk.com. Uh, do you want to go ahead along and say where they can listen? Yes, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Okay, I see the switch up of the order. Okay. Mm-hmm. Try to keep it fresh. You know. All right, and I'm going to tell y'all about how you can help us sustain this here program. If you listen and you love it, you can help us keep it going one of two ways. The first way is by sharing us. Y'all know we some community-ass bitches. Uh, we would like to have that community grow. So post us in like an Instagram story or a tweet on a Facebook status. Tag us. Hashtag QueerWOC. Rate us. Review us. Hit the heart. Hit the star. Hit the thumbs up. All that stuff. It really helps. The second way that you can help sustain us is with your coin. Um, Tis the season for giving. So <laughs> <laughs> So you can give a one-time donation or a non-commitment donation at the PayPal, which is paypal.me slash queer, W-O-C. 
Or you can become a consistent donator over at our Patreon, where you can also get some perks. We have some suggestions that you can donate over there. You can give more or less. Um, but it's a, just a monthly donation instead of a one-time. And you can do that at patreon.com slash queerwalkpod. And don't forget, another way that you can give us some of your coin is by purchasing a brand new, oh, fantastic, yes. amazing, stylish t-shirt. <laughs> we have two wonderful tees. And shout out to Ev Angelo. And shout out to uh, AMT underscore Canvas Art right here, locally based. Yes. Uh, print Black designer. business. So thank you uh, both again. Ev and Art, and the t-shirts are... For helping us get ethical merch. Yes. <laughs> no workers were harmed in the production of these t-shirts. <laughs> so we have two shirts. They come in black and yellow. One Queer shirt, rock yellow. Queer rock yellow. You know. Uh, trademark. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding, kidding. No uh, capitalist proprietarian <laughs> relations happening over here. Anyway, one shirt says Glucose Guardian. A fun, nerdy, and gender-neutral way to to say sugar zaddy. And zaddy? Sugar zaddy? I like that zero. You see what I did there. <laughs> and then also the other shirt is for our favorite segment, the mental moment with money. Ding. And you're thinking, oh, man, it's winter. What am I going to do? Layer. Layer, yes. You, you put, so come on, we have black and yellow shirts. So yeah. if you wear the yellow shirt, you can do any range of colors, but, or maybe like me, a little bit more sedate. You could put on a black long sleeve under the oh yellow. Or Are if you, you get the black, you can. Yes, I'm just saying. Or, layer. or if you wear the black t shirt, you can have a nice pop of color. You can pop under, a color, yes. yes. And so, you can also like do a, a print on top of the black tee. If you're, you know, into more riskier sartorial choices, as <laughs> our friend Money is here. Wow. So, anyway, head on over to our um, PayPal, drop. $25 for an ethically sourced, uh, ethically made t-shirt. And if you are a patron, shipping is free. But if you're not, shipping is $4.99. And then just send us an email with the size and shirt that you want. And, and the color. Yep. All right. And when you get your wonderful, fabulous new t-shirt, oh, yes. send us a picture so we can see how wonderful you look in your jazzy and snazzy new Queer Walk tee. You can post it on the gram, you, you know. can. Alright, before we get into the other segments too, Nikita, it's, this is the last episode of 2018. 28, 2018. 2018. And you know what 2019 is? You mean 2015? Ew! Ew! So, 2015 yes. is the 50th anniversary uh, of the Stonewall, Stonewall Riots. Riots. Yes. And as we are living in the continuation of the legacy of badass queer women of color who kicked that shit off, like Marsha P. and Sylvia Rivera, we would like to be all the places that are doing Stonewall celebrations. Commemorations, symposiums, yes. whatever. So invite us. Just send us an email at queerwalkpod at gmail.com yep. and we can make it happen. Ooh. All right, Nikita, you want to move it on along to the 
Quirwalk of the Week. What is the Quirwalk of the Week? Because, you know, we're getting a lot of new listeners, so maybe they don't even know what the segments are. Oh, my gosh. You are so considerate. (laughs) You're such an asshole. I'm serious. (laughs) All right. So can you explain? Yes. So the Quirwalk of the Week is when we amplify, highlight, and or celebrate a queer woman of color who's doing amazing, badass shit. Wow, I love the way you said that, friend. See, that's why I asked you to do it. Sure. All right, so I picked the Queer Rock of the Week this week. <laughs> and the Queer Rock of the Week this week is Angel Theory. And that's at Angel underscore Theory on Instagram. So I came across Angel on Instagram because one of her videos, uh, one of her dance videos had went viral. So... For those of you who don't know, Angel is a 19-year-old deaf dancer slash actress. And she's just dope as shit. Like, I I went into what Nikita would call a wormhole one morning. It was so early. I was like 6.30 in the morning. But I had saw this video that had gone viral with, like, deaf dancers. And Uh she was in the video. And I was like, who is this? And so I went to her page. Next thing I know, I was on IMDb. Next thing I know, I was watching an episode of The Walking Dead that I haven't watched in, like, seasons. But Angel plays one of the new characters. So there's, like, a new crew that just met up with Michonne. This is not a spoiler. I'm not going to tell you any more about it. Other than Angel plays the character Kelly. And so not only is she a dope-ass dancer, she's also an actress on The Walking Dead. It's, like, her first major role, but she's had a lot of other Small roles, including being in, like, a lot of uh, music videos, mostly R&B, because, you know, she be dancing. Um, She also has been choreographing since, like, age 12. I was about to say, she's 19. (laughs) What? 19. Um, She had, like, what people call, like, her big break doing Showtime at the Apollo. Oh, that's also because she's from my hometown, Queens. (laughs) Shout out. Oh, here we go. Um, and yeah, she would do Showtime at the Apollo and won like this streak of like six weeks in a row. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, she's catching everybody's attention. Like, who is this little girl who can dance like this? Um, so she's, you know, obviously incredible and amazing. But then I told y'all I spiraled. So I found out that because, um, she has like, it's called profound hearing loss Mm -hmm. in her right ear. Her mom put her in everything that would help her use her body, basically. Mm. So, like, martial arts, capoeira, jazz, tap, ballet, everything. So, and she incorporates all of that in her dancing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. The bitch is bad. So, <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I just got super excited learning about her and also learning about her at the start of her career. Like, I think this is just the beginning for Angel and... I'm really excited to watch her grow. So y'all can check Angel's Instagram out. It will make you gag. Because, <laughs> bitch, I don't know how that body bends like that. Because I just, I can, a split is my only claim to uh, flexibility. <laughs> well, like I said at the top of the show, I'm 30 and these knees are not what they used to be. I tell you that. Um, yeah. So again, that's at Angel Theory on Instagram. And you can catch her on The Walking Dead. For those of you who like that, you know, kind of genre, I know we have some people who are a bit squeamish. <coughs> Nikita. <laughs> I, I don't even know why you would use this segment to start <laughs> such a salacious rumor about me. But nonetheless, 
we are so excited to see uh, what Angel does from here. Oh, I, okay. So, yes, Angel, dope. But what also made me so excited about this is there was a terrible, awful movie that came out earlier this year. Yeah, it was in the summer. It was called The Quiet Place. And it was just such a big deal because they were, like, signing mm-hmm. in in the movie. And it's like, oh, they have actual deaf people signing. But the movie was shit. Let's just be honest, y'all. And, so, <laughs> and what also excited me about this is that this is a black, queer, disabled girl who's signing on, like, a... a like, The Walking Dead is a... It's like a huge a, show. A huge show. It's like a phenom. It has, like, a whole fandom around it they have you know it's just it's fucking huge and so that to me also feels like groundbreaking absolutely yeah so go ahead i invite you to wormhole with me i'll put a link in the description box to where my wormhole started i know how i'll be spending the rest of my evening thank you money (laughs) all right nikita you want to move it on along to community contributors yes we need a we need a bop for community contributors. We do community contributors. <laughs> I don't I don't know why your go to is always like nineteen forties radio ad. Diddy, it fucking works. It really does not. Okay, I, I dare you. I challenge you. Okay, <laughs> to find it's some. challenge day. <laughs> community contributors. Maybe I think you do that because so much of podcasting is like a it's throwback like an to, to, radio. to radio. Yeah, I'll allow it. You know. All right, so I'm just gonna give some quick shout outs, and then we have a letter that Nikita's gonna read. So the first shout out goes to community member and longtime listener Sarah Makiba, and I will. I'm gonna put her at and her information in the description box because y'all t- y'all need to know about. The content that Sarah is also creating. She's just dope. I only got to meet her physically, briefly at NWSA. But, you know. What is NWSA? The National Women's Studies Association Conference. So, it's it's basically where all the feminists, um, academes be. And and baddies be. I I was not there, but I saw those photos. (laughs) I don't know why nobody didn't tell me before. We're off task. The accessories, the hair, the... Oh, my God. But I'm definitely going next year. Anyway. And Sarah's no exception to that. Right. (laughs) Little baddie. Um, But I'm shouting Sarah out because she wrote a piece called Breathe, Black Women's Radical Peace as Afrofuturism in Praxis. And so what the piece is about is us as black women and femmes... Our piece being like Afrofuturistic. P-E-A-C-E. P-E-A-C-E, right. And guess who got cited in that piece? Oh, pray tell who got cited. Uh, co-hosts of a Queer Women of Color podcast. A bi-weekly Queer Women of Color podcast. I'm drawing a blank. Um, I think their names are Nikita and Money. Oh, I've heard all about them. Yeah. I've heard that they're fabulous. <laughs> Um, Sarah uh, cited us in the piece and also um, a bunch of other incredible black women doing like dope ass shit Uh, you know Alexis Pauline Gums was cited in there also the Combahee River Collective Statement and to just for her well her writing is um, like doing futuristic work in general but just to like 
put those multiple generations in like conversations with yeah, each other. Yeah. That also feels like time travel. Oh like, yeah, very, I think about that. Very Octavia Butler of her, and so I just loved it, and I just can't thank you enough for like including us. Like I feel so. Like, oh, shit, we out here getting sighted. Right, right. <laughs> Hashtag sight black women. <laughs> For real. Um, so I'm going to put a link to her piece uh, in the, the, the show, show notes. notes. And y'all can go check Sarah out at Sarah Makiba, M-A-K-E-B-A. All right. And so for patrons this week, want to give a shout out to Aisha, who upped their pledge. That's right. That's right. You you better with that uh holiday money <laughs> oh thank you right um and also want to send a huge thank you to miracle for ordering a t-shirt yes yes and don't you want to be like miracle <laughs> i think you do don't you want to do something miraculous like miracle and order your queer walk t-shirts yes i yes. think that you do and we also have a review on Apple Podcasts from Always Indifferent. Always <laughs> Indifferent, despite the name, says, my absolute favorite podcast. That's not indifferent at all. Ex- which is, I think that's their point. And it's also a five-star rating, which does not scream indifference to me. Always Indifferent says, I eagerly await new episodes every two weeks. I don't even know where to begin with the black queer wealth and joy these two offer. The mental moment is revolutionary community work. Money shares her black feminist therapist gifts with us for the free. You know, I try. (laughs) Get into the digital underground railroad mental health because she's making it accessible and relevant and popping. And the womanist warrior worker, Nikita, (laughs) helps us demystify jargon. Her analysis is always so illuminating. Her passion really shines. Every episode is Liddy. Come get your life. So the kids are saying Liddy. That's because I I was like taking a mental note of that. Yes. So. Can't get old too soon. I mean, I know you're 30 now. I was about to say, it's all downhill from here (laughs) in terms of any sort of uh, relevance or being up on pop culture. Not that I ever was. Anyway, thank you so much, Always Indifferent. Thank you for, um, you said that you're always indifferent, but thank you for not being indifferent towards this here program. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that really means so much. And the Mental Health Underground Railroad. Underground underground, uh, Digital Underground Railroad? That that means so much given the place that we're in and like how much... I look up to Harriet. Exactly. How much she means to us. Yes. Being in this part of this uh, country. shotgun liberator. Yeah. Wow. That's high praise. Mm -hmm. All right, Nikita. So you want to get into the letter? I do. We got a letter. Is that Lorraine Hansberry? On my phone? Yes. You know how I feel about her. Um, So we got a letter from Tia. And Tia says... Dear Money and Nikita, I've just started listening a few months now, and I was flipping through the podcasts. I love that mm, word. I love it. When I came across episode 49, Academics and Afropunk. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you at the mental moment and the preceding song. As a queer rock therapist, I often become frustrated with doing this work within systems, mm-hmm. something that they set us up to do coming out of grad school. 
Lately, I've been exploring what it means to not only provide decolonized psychotherapy, but to be a decolonized therapist in practice. And what does that look like? Mm. I'm starting to think that it looks like me taking longer to become fully licensed. I'm thinking that looks like preserving my energy and not getting burnt out within the first few years wow. post-masters. Oh, I'm thinking it looks like doing this work under my terms so that, I, so, so that I can show up with the clients in a way that benefits all of us. I'm not sure what it all encapsulates, but I appreciate you speaking to the therapist struggle as we try to figure out something that works best. Keep up the good work in providing these moments. Proud of the both of you. Oh my gosh. I'm sure so much um, of it. You yeah. should have read that one. I'm sure so much of it resonates. I'm like getting emotional and I had to immediately Google to look for this book that I wanted to suggest for Tia. But like, ooh, chow. Yes. Like, to be... I had I had um, Nikita would call it I'm doing my Virgo thing. But I had a, a mini breakdown when I was going in to see my therapist and I noticed that their new hire was one of my students. <laughs> And I was just like, I've been doing this for long enough that one of my students has graduated, gotten licensed, and got a job at the place where I get therapy. <laughs> and it just, it just, I don't know, it like sure. shook me up. It's like, I, I just recently got my limited license mm-hmm. because, like, mostly because of this. Like, you know, I've been like pushed out of places yeah. for like trying to do therapy in the way that I do it. So with I who you're trying to do it with. With definitely. For like daring to think that queer folks of color are people ha- are people and have have mental health concerns and right. needs, and so I totally feel that like taking longer to get licensed, and I just want to like affirm you in that I I am yet on the road to licensure. Me and Philandy did that episode. Licensure is some elitist bullshit. We've been doing this before licensure was ever a thing, and um, it is just yet another barrier to keep us to try to try to stop us from doing what right. we're doing. So I feel you. And I read this book in my master's program. It was called "On Being a Therapist," and it it just talks about like the ways that we are like so profoundly influenced by the work that we do. And I still have the book, like. Like, granted, it's by some white dude. But, like, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of it is just, like, so deeply meaningful. And it resonates with, like, the kind of work we do. And, like, you were talking about working in systems. And I think oftentimes when you are someone who's not a part of that, like, cookie cutter of what a therapist is supposed to sure. be. Um, that your work is so much more about the relationship than theory and like interventions and all that shit is more about like how your clients see you and how you see them. Right. And and like how we both get transformed and healed in that process. And so this book, like, it just is always one that I'm reminded of. So yeah, thank you for your letter. And I just wanted to share that. That is so sweet. I'm so glad that uh Tia wrote that. Me too. Because you know, we talk about we talk about your experiences. Um, not just a lot on the show, but just mm-hmm. like in the in the course of our friendship. And so I'm just glad that other people are listening, you know, to the show and finding affirmation and meaning in you sharing your experience. Yeah. So. And we need to have a queer therapist of color meetup or something. Something. Like, because part, part of what makes it hard, too, is, like, isolation. Like, being the only one in your program, being the only one at your job. We out here. So, maybe for 2019. 2019. <laughs> okay. you still trying to make this happen. It's happening. It's not a fetch. It's going to catch on. All right, sure. Hashtag 2019. <laughs> <laughs>
I need some healing in my life. That was awful. <laughs> that was bad. My body is so yeah. I I feel like you um you should probably put some baseball gloves on so you can at least try to catch a note. <laughs> oh bitch! <laughs> All right, so moving on along to the middle moment with money. Mm-hmm. You can get those shirts by sending $29.99 to the PayPal at paypal.me slash queer, W-O-C. But if you're a patron, it's only $25. All right. Um, so this mental moment, I want to give y'all five podcast episodes that will make you feel like you have chosen family around you for the holidays. So I wanted to do this because I, I since starting my PhD program, I most most of the time for holidays, I'm not with my family, my like family of origin. Right. I'm, us- I'm usually with some of you bitches that I love. Uh, <laughs> and and <laughs> and I know that a lot of times, as queer folks, sometimes being around your family of origin can be taxing. Um, and even if it's not taxing, you miss your chosen family right, because, like, yeah. it's just mm. it's just such. It's just bonds that, like, you can't even, like, start to explain, right? Like, when you get to be around people that see you for who you are and, like, you don't have to explain parts to yourself. And so I have these five podcast episodes that are just so sweet and give you the the family feel uh, for the holidays. So, y'all ready? I'm ready. All right. All right. So the first episode that will make you feel like you have chosen family around you for the holidays is Marsha's Play episode 58, Navigating Transness and Siblings, featuring Diamond Styles and her brother Rock. This is so sweet. What's so sweet? My list? Yeah. Oh, bitch. I I told you I actually try to do something with this segment. (laughs) I know that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I listened to this episode twice. Uh, I was, like, driving. Uh, I had a long drive ahead of me. And I, I knew it was going to be sweet. Because, you know, like, Diamond is, like, an incredible storyteller. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I've been watching Diamond forever. So, like, back when, on her YouTube days, when she had, did the video with Rock, like, when he was, my, he's actually my age. So, when we were the same age, <laughs> um, I was just like, oh, wow. You know, I know this episode is going to be dope. But it was just so damn sweet. Like, hearing about... Just hearing about their lives from and like how much of a storyteller that he is too, and the mm. way that they laugh the same. It's just you know, it's just like they family, right? Um, and so yeah, I listened to the episode twice because it just made me think of my sisters. I got on Marco Polo and was just like, I love y'all. So check that episode out. And oh, I should have said this before I started my list, but all of the links to these episodes will be in the show notes. Okay, so the second episode on my list is The Wildness with Tiff and Manda, who are basically like me and you in another continent. South Africa. <laughs> love, I love them so much. And sometimes listening to them, I'm like, wow. Yeah, this, same. This is, this is <laughs> what we sound like. <laughs> this is us. Um, <laughs> like They're so siblings. cute. They're Definitely. so cute. Yeah. Um, but their episode, episode 22, uh, Quick Steps and Advice for Navigating the Holidays. And Christmas. Um, It's like their Christmas special that they just did. Um, And it's, like I said, it's so cute. They, their friendship reminds me so much of ours. uh, And just listening to it just made me feel like, you know, I was with you. 
Like we were kicking it. So check that out. And also just check out the wildness. In general. They're they're so good. They're so funny. It's a really good podcast. The third episode on my list to make you feel like you got chosen family around you. Just, I mean, the name of their podcast. Like you have to have them around if you're talking about chosen family. Your gay aunties. So, okay, y'all. Can I just fangirl out a little bit? I love your gay aunties. Like... Oh, my God. Like, I just really wish that they were my actual aunties. And I just think so much about, like, how much cooler my childhood would have been if I would have had aunts like them. I mean, I feel, obviously, we're not related. They're not, they're not our actual aunties. But when I listen, when I listen to this show, I specifically just appreciate hearing the, just the perspective and the stories yeah. from um, just older uh, queer black women, you know, who are older than us. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I also feel thoroughly auntily dragged, you know, <laughs> like when I listen. So, um, again, I would suggest checking out every episode. But the one that made this list uh, that I love <laughs> to make you feel like you have chosen family around is episode 21, Dating in Your 20s, oh my 30s, God. and 40s. I was, on, I was driving to work and I was like screaming yeah. listening to that episode. I was like, oof, I wish. Where was that? Where, where? Five years ago. Where? where? I needed that. So, yeah, just. So, in this episode, Dating in Your 20s, 30s, and 40s, Hanifa and Red just go through their experiences in each one of those decades. Decades yeah. dating as black lesbians. Yeah. And it's just so, it's funny and it's also like. Why didn't you tell me this? Right. <laughs> I could have avoided a lot of that bullshit. <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, my gosh. This is just like a theme. Like, doesn't it feel like time travel of like... Yeah. We, even though we grew up like kids of the internet age and all this, sure. we still went through the same the shit same in our 20s. Shit. Yeah. Um, but now I know... You know, I'm turning 30 next year in 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm going to avoid the pitfalls. <laughs> thanks to my gay aunties. Thank so. you. <laughs> All right. Episode number five, four. Sorry. I'm going to skip one. <laughs> Episode number four is um, by the podcast Anzo Doing It. Uh, another one of my faves. Uh, I really like this podcast, mostly because I commiserate a lot around the dissertation struggles. And also because, unlike Nikita, they are queers who respect um, astrology. Oh, wow. So- <laughs> Not going to let that horse die, huh? So, <laughs> so they have an episode called uh, Holiday Special Part 1. <laughs> like H-O-E? Oh, <laughs> And um, so it's amazing, and it, but it's also featuring Bambi Salcedo, who was a queer walk, a queer walk of, the of the week. week. Yeah. yeah, it's just I don't know. They talk about like everything in this episode. It's just like they get everything from dirty talk to like political talk, and it's just it just feels like one of those conversations where you're sitting around talking to your favorite cousin. Oh my god, who happened to be queer? So. Um, huge suggestion. And last but not least... Shameless plug! <laughs> Why you had to do that to me? I'm sorry, what's the fifth suggestion? <laughs> last but not least, um, an episode, a podcast episode that will make you feel like you have chosen family around you is... Um, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, <laughs> this is sick. Queer Walk. <laughs> oh my god! 
Um, episode 23, and it's called All I Want for My Birthday is an iTunes Review, and it is featuring my little sister, Nunu. at Charnique. Yes, also known as Nunu. Sorry. I feel like she's more known as Nunu than she is her actual I was about to say, man, that's, and she's the baby, so she probably is like, I actually hate that name, <laughs> and I don't ever want to be called that, but she's probably been stuck with it her she's, whole life. She's stuck with it. I know. I'm calling her that until they, she's 70. I, I go back to ashes. So <laughs> yeah. She's forever my Nunu. I love her. So, yes, check that episode out. I'm... I'm very proud of that episode because, one, it was the first time I feel like I had to overcome um, audio difficulties. A technical challenge. Yes. And, two, because I never really had a conversation with either of my younger sisters Mm -hmm. about how me being queer, and not just being queer, but, like, being queer bitch like like out here right politic like politicizing my identity sure like has impacted them sure and so i got to talk to nunu about that for my birthday and that just felt so special that is for me. so beautiful yeah. it's it's a good episode i, re- I really enjoy- i re- i will remember it's so funny when an episode is very good i remember exactly what i was doing i was on the way driving to the ymca <laughs> Yeah, that's how good it was. I I specifically remember what I was doing when I was listening to that episode. Oh, it's very sweet. Yeah, y'all. So those are my five episodes to help to help you feel thoroughly hugged and in chosen community and okay? loved and loved. I'm gonna run them down because y'all know that's what I do. Number one, Marsha's Play, episode fifty eight, navigating transness and siblings. Number two, the wildness with Tiff and Amanda, quick steps and advice for navigating the holidays. Number three, Your Gay Aunties, episode 21, Dating in Your 20s, 30s, and 40s. Number four, Anzo Doing It, ho Day Special, part one. And number five, Queer Walk, episode 23, All I Want for My Birthday is an iTunes Review. And we still will accept iTunes Reviews. <laughs> All I Want for Kwanzaa is an <laughs> iTunes Review. <laughs> Start off 2019 with a Queer Walk Review. Exactly. And you don't if you don't have time to write a review, that's fine. Just hit just the give stars. us the five stars. Yes. Or the thumbs up. Shout out to everybody who does not listen on an Apple. Because product. we we appreciate it doesn't matter where you listen. Mm-hmm. It just matters that you that listen. That you listen. Mm-hmm. Ding 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 ding. And now our bi weekly word from our womanist. Worker, wondrous wordsmith, wizard, Nikita. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah! <laughs> I thought you hated it. and now you It's grown on me. I, I, mean, I, I really feel like we can drop this wizard thing. I don't, I don't know what it... I'm just... It doesn't feel right to me. You, you're a word wizard. Let's just stop this. What did you say? When we were eating, you you used some word in perpetuity. <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> like, um, these are, you use these GRE words <laughs> that like I don't even use. Uh, and the audacity of you to give the GRE that much credit over my life. <laughs> okay, I've been talking like this since I was six. <laughs> I believe you. I totally believe you. <laughs> you know who actually talks like this? My grandma. <laughs> That's where you got it that's, from. That's actually how I, yeah. My, that's that's exactly where I got this shit from. Salacious. You always <laughs> call things salacious. Because things are salacious. <laughs> or lascivious. I had to look that up, y'all. 
can't have a conversation with Nikita without a, a theosaurus. <laughs> okay. Now I love you, Nikita. That's exactly what a fuck boy would say. Why be out here finding all these W words if I don't love you? <laughs> That's exactly what a fuck boy would say. It's like, Jerome, you haven't paid the light bill in months. You don't put it on any of the bills. <laughs> Why I got you saved in my phone as bay if I don't love you, girl? <laughs> All this little shit that's so superfluous. Exactly. <laughs> I got that word from you. Anyway. Alrighty. So, this week's word is Green New Deal. So, if you all have been following... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Who hasn't? I'll follow her to the end of the world. I said, I'll follow that um, right, <laughs> in, in the out, right into the halls of Congress. That's where, that's where <laughs> I would follow her. Because of her important political principles, of not course, because of... Of course, of course. Absolutely. You know, just, you know, she may or may not... political points. Right. She, you know, just, you know. Okay. It just happens to be a... Where we, okay. If we're off task. Yeah. Um, you were talking about the Green New Deal. But, but I did want to say, side note, I don't know who is running AOC's social media, but she's on fucking fire. I mean, she just is so sharp, just calling a thing a thing. And, you know, they say the most revolutionary thing one can do is to tell the truth. Mm. And she has been on that goddamn Twitter speaking the <laughs> truth. So, um, shout Facts. out shout out to um, her. You know, we need I like, some. I like that you nicknamed her AOC. That's what people call her on the... Hmm. On the... Twitter stream? Yeah. Anyway, um, she has been... If you follow her, she's been talking a lot about the Green um, New Deal, which is... It's not just about um, the environment, but it's all about... Also tying in the environment along with um, economic rights and other sort of rights, you know, that we need that, you know, we need. And and it really captures the urgency of the existential threat that is climate change. Mm -hmm. Um, As you all might know, it was it was this year, actually, where the IPCC, which stands for the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, mm-hmm. um, they issued that report that says basically we got 10 to 12 years to get this shit right, right, right. on climate change. And so this is and where... Trump was like, nah. So there was the Paris Accord that happened, I think that was two years ago. I don't remember. So Trump pulled us out of the uh, Paris Accord. And this is a, another um, entity or conference where people or countries were trying to get serious mm-hmm. on climate change. So Trump pulled us out of that, was trying to pull us out of that. And also the newly elected president of Brazil, uh, Bolsonaro, is also, again, another oh, far right, yeah. you know, fascist is trying to pull Brazil out of those climate accords. And again, we only have about a decade to really totally, to have a totally radical fundamental shift and dealing with um, the the planetary existential climate crisis. And so Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has put forth the Green New Deal to really, you know, it's it's a political, um, politically urgent response to, Mm. you know, the the impending planetary disaster that we're all um, facing. I know this completely... Go ahead. ...cheapens it, but the only way that... Not the only way, but the thing that makes this all make sense to me is 
Game of Thrones and like <laughs> the White Walkers. It's like these little petty ass wars that we fighting about who gonna be the like. The king in the north, yeah, or whatever, whatever, don't matter because exactly, bitch, winter is coming. Win- winter is <laughs> it's here. They got an ice dragon now. Like, it is here. That that is that is a really good analogy. You know, I think that the White Walkers are a metaphor for climate change. Other people think it's a metaphor for white supremacy. Either way, Either way, both existential threats that need to be uh, eradicated, radically, right, and addressed and eradicated. So, uh, for folks who may not know, somebody um, who we have talked about um, on the show before, who actually lives here in Syracuse, um, Howie Hawkins, who mm-hmm. uh, longtime Green Party member, uh, socialist. Um, it just a general, I mean, for an old white guy, I have so much respect for Howie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just to be transparent, I've worked on, uh, I worked on his campaign 2014 running, uh, for governor here in New York, but I, I bring him up to say that he was one of the first people in this country, actually, particularly here in New York state in his 2010 run for, uh, governor that, because he was running on one of his platform planks was a green new deal for New York. Mm-hmm. So it's important. I think it's important to, to bring forth um, this the, a little bit of this, the history about mm-hmm. where um, mm-hmm. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, where where, 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 where mm-hmm. it's coming from. And so she's a Democrat, and of course Howie is a Green, but she, obviously she's a part of this progressive wing yeah. of, you know, of the Democratic Party. And I think she, she was also backed, of course, by the Democratic Socialists of America, mm-hmm. Howie's a Socialist. And so it comes from, it's a, it's a left wing yeah. agenda and platform, mm-hmm. which is what I'm, I'm trying to get at. And there was, uh, I can post an interview, it's just 15 minutes, where Howie talks about, um, and something I appreciated is, you know, in his social media posts, he's been saying, look, the Greens were the first ones basically mm-hmm. to like bring this up. And if you see, uh, Jill Stein, who was the presidential candidate for the Green Party ticket in mm-hmm. 2016, she ran on the Green New Deal. And so it's just important, again, to bring in um, that history. But what I was going to say is, so while Howie and the Greens have been like, yes, we were kind of like one of the first groups to bring this up, something I think I appreciate about how he's talking about it is that he's doing it in a very comradely way, not to be like, you know, she came in and stole this. Mm-hmm. But it's like he says it's a it's a welcomed you know, political intervention. He had a few um, criticisms of places where he thinks that her proposal could could go a little bit further. But in the end, I think it's a very good comradely, um, like, support. Like, we support this. Right, because I think something that happens on the left a lot is Mm -hmm. that we just get into these internecine, back-and-forth, drag-out debates and Mm -hmm, fights. mm -hmm. and But that kind of... And again, because I think, especially now, with this huge threat, like, we Mm -hmm. do... I mean, of course, there are going to be... We don't shy away from political discussions and debates, mm-hmm. but the places where we align, if there's not, and if there's not anything where it's just like totally antithetical to our principles, exactly. if there's places where we can work together, right. um, we should definitely do that. Exactly. It's like the wildlings and the northerners who live in Winterfell. <laughs> you are, this is really turning into an extended metaphor. It, I mean, it just works so well. So it's like, oh, the the Winterfell livers, like like you know, Jon Snow and them. They are the Democrats because they're like, oh, they're trying to play inside the system. You know, uh-huh. oh, well, the wall is there to protect us. But the wildlings are like the Greens. They're they like, wild. The, <laughs> they're like, oh, oh, you jumping out the window with it. 
But like they the free folk who have been known like, that white walkers still exist. Mm-hmm. But now they have like it's like okay, we have a more radical approach to this because they've been free folk for like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. generations. But we're gonna join you because we see what like we both stand against, right. which is and what we stand to gain yeah, from this particular yeah. um, platform. Oof, climate devastation. So I just kind of want to give um, a bit of uh, just a rundown of what the Green New Deal, specifically as um, the Green Party talks about it and the way like Howie Hawkins um, talks about it. And there's, Please, a, there's a lot of overlap between the Green New Deal from the Green Party and what um, Alexandria is proposing and even Howie himself. Um, again, who popularized it here um, in the states, said that for the like overwhelmingly, like, he's like supportive in it, and mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, it aligns um, with what he was running on um, in his uh, gubernatorial um, campaign. So there's four pillars of the Green New Deal, and of course, if you go back to an earlier episode, I think is when we were talking about um, neoliberalism. Of course, th- it's the you know, because if, if it's a Green New Deal, then your question is, well, what the hell was the New Deal? Mm-hmm. And we're not going to get into the ins and outs of that. But the New Deal was basically the set of economic policies that were um, implemented in the 30s by um, FDR. FDR, yeah. Um, and... The and he didn't do that out of the kindness of his heart because he thought it was you know the right thing to do. But there was a wellspring of uh, worker struggles and agitation. Of course, this was around the Great Depression. You know, people were living in economic and social misery, and it was only because people, workers, and other oppressed and exploited people um, organized. There was this you know a, this flood of progressive legislation. Um, we haven't seen. I would argue we haven't seen. Probably the only other period after that would be in like the sixties, mm-hmm. um, when um, within not just in the civil rights movement where they were fighting for the Voting Rights Act, but if you again if you go to the nineteen sixty three March on Washington, mm-hmm. they were calling for the Freedom jobs Budget, and, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was the March on Washington for the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, and so it just a flood of progressive economic um, legislation um, that was you know making sure that there was like a federal jobs program and mm-hmm. this um in you know public governmental investment and in, uh infrastructure and so the of course it's about bringing back that progressive um well I wouldn't say bringing back but again in the in that spirit of progressive economic le- legislation and of course the green part is because we're dealing with the th- the threat of climate change and so uh, what I was saying about um, so that that happened in the 30s, and I think the last sort of bastion or movement around um, that that we've had in terms of legislation was again the job the march on Washington for jobs and freedom, and I think we saw you know there was discussion about it um, with Occupy Wall Street, but I don't think that we've seen that level of public in you know, like or public or state or government investment at the federal level mm. since the 30s or the 60s right which so which is why mm. this kind of green new deal is important um so there's four pillars of the green new deal and so the I'll just run through the pillars and then I'll just uh talk a little bit uh, about all four of them so the first one is the economic bill of rights the second part is a green transition the third part is real financial reform. And then the fourth part is a functioning democracy. 
the first part is the Economic Bill of Rights. And in the 30s, there was an actual um, Economic Bill of Rights um, that was that FDR had talked about. But that had just kind of gone under the, um, just fallen to the wayside and people really don't talk about that as much. But this is just, just basic economic things that we all should have in order mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. survive. So it's like the right to a job. So there's a, a federal job guarantee. Mm-hmm. And something I like the way that they describe it is that they say that it is federally funded, but basically locally controlled. Because the reality is that, I mean, you think about um, a place like Syracuse. I mean, again, this is at the, I'm talking at the city level, but like we all, we've talked about this on the show before, how the city is essentially broke. Mm-hmm. And it's like the level of expenditures and resources and um, financing that we would need to like, to have, you know, good infrastructure and good jobs. Like you just don't have that at mm-hmm. the local level. So this is why you need the federal, the, the federal, right. Yeah. So you have that, that huge, um, you can tap into the coffers at the federal level, but the, it's at, at the local level where um, this would be administered. So, for one of the, so um, one of the um, examples is, you know, we you often talk about like the unemployment well, in place uh, places where you have like decent unemployment. There's like the unemployment office, and one of the things that I've heard Howie say, and that's in the that's that's in um, the Green New Deal, is that you would have like an employment office. So this is where be a place where you could go. In order to get um, a public sector job, and of course the jobs mm-hmm. would be, um, they would be mm-hmm. safe, right? Mm-hmm. You would have rights. You would be able to form a union free from intimidation. So there's just kind of like that basic, you know, what they call like bread and butter yeah. issues. But something else is so, of course, yeah, um, the right to health care, right? And so the single payer, the, the Medicare for all um, program and Something that I just want to say about this, about Medicare for All, that I think actually speaks to um, the a, a broader point about the Green New Deal and this kind of legislation, is that in 2016, on the campaign trail, when Hillary Clinton, I think I've talked about this before, or I've mentioned it before, but Hillary Clinton was saying that she didn't support um, single-payer, universal, or Medicare for All kind of thing, because she basically said it was pie in the sky. And that was just two years ago, right? So that was 2016 mm-hmm. on the campaign trail when she was saying that. And now, I think the last I heard, it was there was about 16 um, elected officials that had signed on. And it's not a coincidence that the Democratic Socialists of America, that really has been, it's been that group along with, um, I know, like disability uh, rights and justice groups and other kinds of like healthcare groups. Um, this has been happening at not just at the federal level, but here in New York, there's a campaign um, for single payer. And there's also um, in, in another state, California. And it's like... Um, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. but what we need is the political will, mm-hmm. right? And that's what good, you know, in my eyes, that's what good radical and progressive leadership is. It's not to say, oh, we can't do this, but it's like, this is what we want. This is what we need. How the fuck are we going to make, make it, it happen, happen. Mm-hmm. right? And it's like, of course, you know, Democratic, um, corporate Democrats, established Democrats, right. centrist Democrats aren't the people that are um, supporting it. But in just a matter of like two short years, and in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things, Two years is not that long, long, but it's a real, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a real, um, 
not just a real movement and a real fight, but it's it's like it's in like the mainstream political discourse only because people organize and agitated to make that be a part of the discourse. I love that you keep making right? that point because pe- I feel like it, so often it gets lost and like people just start celebrating like these um, politicians mm-hmm. for bringing something forward, but it's it's actually through this organizing that things change. Right, exactly. In. That's so. This is hard. That just makes me think about. Um, that when um, Queen and Jay were on the grapevine, mm-hmm. and we, we, you know, we talk about being strategic, and Janicia was like, you know, I don't, I'm not gonna go to the KKK or the Klan rally to yeah, ask them for health care, right? That shit need to be on a shirt. That needs to be on a fucking shirt. I like, iconic. I hollered in my apartment. <laughs> Me too. But it's just, but again, it's like this is people being strategic, and you know, mm-hmm. here we've talked about often how you know we're not, and this is what they were getting at in that um, discussion on the grapevine. It's like people don't. Have any, a lot of us, especially young black people or young people in general, mm-hmm. don't have any illusions like in the Democratic Party. But there are right. some people who feel like they can push inside, and then there are those of us who are like, we're going to agitate and push like on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the quality health care and right to um, tuition free, quality, federally funded. Um, Education, and Ooh. this is one of the uh, Howie Hawkins in um, that in that little fifteen interview, uh, fifteen minute interview. This is where he said that he felt like um, AOC's uh, platform or like her discussion um, didn't go far enough. Was that there wasn't really a discussion that much about quality of free um, public edu- um, mm. public education, and so mm. she has stuff around like job training to you know do things to get away to make sure that people are trained in jobs that are not you know, in the jobs and the industries that are ruining um, basically our our environment and that kind of thing. But there wasn't any kind of like full like analysis or discussion about the need for free education from K from and beyond. Yeah. So there's that and the right to um, affordable housing. Mm. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Um, that, that is, I often, I'm not exaggerating. I spend so much time fantasizing about what my life would be like if I didn't have, have to, pay to pay rent. rent. Oh my gosh. I think about that all the time. If I didn't have to if something every time yeah. something needed to be fixed, mm-hmm. you didn't have to get ready to go into battle with yeah. your fucking landlord. Yeah. Because it's like that's what happens mm-hmm. when you know, under capitalism so many things are provided um not to meet our basic needs, but in order to Keep um, us dependent on it, and or like to to, to get a profit. Yeah, right. Nobody goes into nobody says a, they want to be a landlord because you know it's so important to me to house people. Yeah, I just I don't want people to be homeless. Mm-hmm. No, you go into that shit for some Money. other for for income, and it's like because at the end of the day, and I, of course there are some landlords that are worse than others. But at the end of the day, that is the primary goal, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. to, and of course, if that's the primary goal, then making sure that people are housed well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. making sure that they can afford it is not yeah. going to be the, um, the, the, you know, that's not the primary goal or the primary function. And so something that is important, um, we've talked about this before, but um, creating ample public housing. And it's like, honestly, since probably, again, like I was mentioning earlier, the 60s, we, we well, not we, but especially like people um, in power and even within our communities, I think there's just this idea that public housing is always going to be garbage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, we know that's directly connected 
to race and who historically like poor poor people, poor black people, mm-hmm. poor immigrants have been the people that have lived in like public housing. But this is about an investment in public housing. And one of the things and the main reason why public housing goes like into like disrepair is because it's not maintained well. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's, like, it's not anything about inherent about the people that live in the housing. Right, right. But it's like if the, if 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 it was a priority, and again, yeah. so much of this green green new deal um, really goes about goes to what it is that we as a society are going to prioritize, mm-hmm. and if as a society we really wanted to like house people in quality um, public we housing, would. we we could do that. Yes. But it's yeah. like because rich people, you know, rich middle class, particularly like white people, are not the people in this country because in other countries. Um, all kinds of people live in public housing and it's mm-hmm. and it's you know it's nice and it's you know well maintained and that sort of thing wow. right and so the second one and this is really huge and i think that this is a point where there's a lot of okay so a green transition so the this part is is really really um important because with the you know with carbon with fossil fuels and all that shit mm-hmm. is like we can't continue to do business as usual so we have to be able to transition to other source other forms of renewable sustainable you know non devastating forms mm-hmm. of um, energy mm-hmm. and so one of the things that um, is really important is um, investing in quote unquote um, green businesses and green cooperatives and we could get into another discussion about how there's a lot of so called um, what people in the movement called greenwashing mm-hmm. where companies who do all kinds of terrible shit would be like look we plant trees yeah, or yeah. you know we don't use paper or yeah. we you know and so it's like that's the, I mean that's not a real solution right. um, but I guess one of the things that I just want to talk about here is it's about making sure that people have jobs and sustainable um, energy. So it's like, I mean, I think about like the places where I work um, right now, where if you're working in like oil or other kinds of um, energy uh, sources, like that's usually like that's that's blue collar work. And it's you make you can make a, like a decent living. You can make a good mm-hmm. amount of money. So a lot of times workers in those industries are like, well, what's going to happen to me when I go on to do um, renewable energy? Yeah, when mm-hmm. when you know when the when the economy transitions mm-hmm. um, to something to something else. So it's making sure um, that <clears throat> people can actually be retrained. I mean, to go into um, other um, again non detrimental, non ecologically devastating mm-hmm. um, industries. Mm-hmm. So, again, provide green jobs by enacting the full employment program, which would directly provide 16 million jobs in sustainable energy, energy efficiency, and mass transit. I mean, anybody. I mean, every other day, I don't live in New York City, but I feel like I'm seeing some tweet about how the infrastructure of the subway system yeah. is just, you know, Shit. decrepit yeah. and dilapidated. <laughs> um, and so I think that that is um, really important. And I think that that is because there's oftentimes there's a lot of, there can be a backlash. There's a a real concern, again, about workers in those industries. But also I think that, like, corporate elites end up kind of exploiting that concern, that real concern that workers have um, to basically continue to engage in the profit-making from really fucked up industries. This green transition is like a concrete way to be like, you know, people who are in those sectors of the economy like won't be left behind mm-hmm. because for a long time, environmentalists, uh, they've tried and uh, labor uh, folks have 
talked about what they call a blue-green alliance, blue, blue-collar, green, you know, environment. Mm-hmm. And um, that that I think that that's like a really key um, and important point. And so this, the third thing is real financial um, reform. So, you know, if people are mired in debt. So one of the things, for example, is relieving or, you know, alleviating the debt that holds back the economy by reducing reducing homeowner and student debt burdens. Oh Sign, my gosh. If they if this platform didn't say nothing else, I'm on board now because I've I've already resigned to the fact that I'm a die. I just, I'm not, I'm gonna pay the bare minimum the day that yeah. I die. I'm I'm, ne- I'm never gonna be making buku money. Yeah. So y'all knew, y'all saw me majoring in clinical mental health. You know I'm never gonna earn enough. You know I'm gonna be <laughs> pay this shit now. Off. The minute that they saw that my uh, fool ass. Majored in anthropology, anthropology <laughs> and history. They should have been like, that bitch is going to be broke her whole life. Just make her pay $20 a month. Because anything, anything above and beyond that is absurd. It really should be like, um, like proportionate to the career that you're going into. Exactly. Right? Like how much you have to pay back. I'm not, you know, the, let like, the doctors and the engineers. Yeah, yeah. But They're like, your projected earnings are $24,000 a year. Right. <laughs> your projected earnings are peanut butter crackers, <laughs> black lesbian literature, and flannel. And, uh, thank you. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so um, relieving debt, breaking up banks that are the that are fucking allegedly too big to oh fail, my gosh. which is what should have happened in the, after the two thousand eight um, financial crash. No, my little sister Nunu is waiting to break up some banks. And so it's not just getting rid of uh, breaking up those oversized banks, but making sure that it's on that it's us, the the little folks who don't have to. So our taxes don't have to go to subsidize, subsidize them, the bailouts for them. Right. That's what happened in 2008. Yeah. Right. Those companies and those corporations, those banks got bailed out no, while the rest of us bailouts, the, uh, like folks who live in poverty, folks below the poverty line need bailouts. Exactly. Right. Like, um, so, um, again, making sure that people at the top, uh, are paying um, 90% tax on bonuses for bailed out bankers. I mean, that's the kind of shit that needs to be Until happening. you pay what you owe, sincerely, the bank stalker. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the last point is, so, again, that was about um, real financial reform, right? Mm-hmm. So, the last point is a functioning democracy. And it is... This Tell is me no, what democracy looks like. This is what democracy looks like. <laughs> so, one of... I mean, we saw how fucked up our democracy is, quote-unquote democracy, in the in the midterm election. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no better example mm-hmm. than in... Um, Florida. Florida and, and Georgia. Georgia mm-hmm. Right? And so... I mean, the fact, and it's so funny because people always, you know, show it as some kind of commitment to democracy when lines are like three hours. And it's like standing in lines, you know, in three hours. That's voter suppression. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or you Why know, isn't there an app that you can vote? Just like vote right from your phone. Can't vote from your phone. Or why aren't, like, I know that they're, I think that they just passed this um, in Oregon. Vote by mail. Not not even that, but just automatic voter registration. You should oh, be, yeah. so. Turn you 18, should, you get you registered. Should, right, yeah. exactly. And yeah. just imagine how many more people. We live in a country where you have to uh, register for, like, selective service shit. Exactly. But, like, you don't have to. You, you don't, don't have to register. To, yeah. You're, you're not automatically registered. To, to vote. vote. Like, it's not a requirement for a student loan that you be registered to vote exactly exactly 
So um, in the Green New Deal, it's making sure that... Democracy, my ass. <laughs> so folks might remember um, Citizens United, um, that ruling, which basically said that corporations are people, right? Which is, which is absurd, <laughs> right? So um, making sure that um, corporations... Um, so the the whole point of that ruling was saying that corporations are people is that they basically they can that their money is a mm-hmm. form of quote unquote speech. Mm-hmm. And so of course of course that totally tips the scales mm-hmm. when the people at the top, you know, have full reign to basically influence, you know, you know, politicians or the or the political system, things are things are never tipped in our favor, right? So reeling back that, so revoking this whole ridiculous notion of corporate personhood enacting they're saying enacting the voter vi- the voter rights bill so that will require that all votes are counted and we know that sh- shit that again mm-hmm. and this you only have to go back cuz we used to go back to um that election in uh, like Florida Al Gore, Al Gore yeah. and Bush but we don't have to go back You don't that even far, have to yeah right celebrate our democratic aspirations by making election day a national fucking holiday It really should I mean, and granted, like in like here in New York, like you're um, legally allotted time off, but it's mm-hmm. like no, just just fucking just, yeah. Let let everybody let mm-hmm. everybody off for that day. Um, abolish the electoral college. Boom, that shit. And again, you only have to go back to 2016, right? To be like, okay, mm-hmm. this is a you know this this leftover vestige from slavery. slavery. That's <laughs> like I don't need I don't need to learn anything else in 11th grade history about the electoral college other than like, oh, because slavery. And I'm right. like, get All rid right. of it. Check it. <laughs> so same day voter registration, that's one yeah. of the things that they're calling mm-hmm. for cuz it's like you got to register yeah. what like 2 months, yeah. or 3 months mm-hmm. and and so and I I'm not going to get into all of the things but these are just some of the And highlights. in New York you have to be registered as a Democrat or a Republican in order to vote in, in the, like midterm election, right, right, right. Like, so just, just fuckery. I'm doing some of that stuff. There's, there's so much more, but I think that those are the, um, those are the things that I really wanted to um, highlight. So this is, I think that this point is interesting. Protect our personal liberty and freedoms. And I feel like anytime you hear that kind of language, you normally go like, I normally cringe. Yeah. But one of the things that they say is like ending the war on immigrants. Right. Mm. So, I mean, that's really important. Uh, repealing the Patriot Act, uh, prohibiting the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI from conspiring with local police forces to suppress our freedoms of assembly and of speech. Okay. And I mean, that's kind of an interesting framing. Like, I mean, I, I, don't, I personally wouldn't use that language, but I think the the overall spirit of that mm-hmm. um, is important. And um, the one of the last points that is absolutely essential is reign in the military-industrial complex, because I think when I did the, one of the words on environmental justice, one of this is so crucial when we talk about um, climate change, because one of the largest polluters in the world is um, the U.S. Uh, military, right? Mm-hmm. It's the Department of Defense, mm-hmm. the Pentagon, and. The other important thing is that, so they say reducing military spending by 50% and closing U.S. military bases around the world. Mm -hmm. And this piece Mm -hmm. is so crucial because one of the main things that you hear from critics of the Green New Deal or anytime we talk about um, expanding um, social services, social programs, or, you know, trying to harness the political will to get all of this... um, public this public investment into our communities is that it's too expensive and so what we have to say and i think 
what's very clear is that like the budget for the military, I think it's like $700 billion. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said earlier, this is a question about priorities. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, the money is there, but we think that it's important to be spending it it on uh, drone attacks or having bases all Mm -hmm. around the world or occupying or the fact that, you know, I think annually the U.S. gives about $3 billion to Israel. Right, so they can, what? so they can go forth mm-hmm. with their, um, uh, their settler colonial um, genocidal mm-hmm. programs, um, to you know of the Palestinian people. So what I think one of the just something that's so important, um, I think the AOC and not just Howie Hawkins and the Green Party, but I think people of conscience, radicals and progressives have always said that this is a question of priorities, mm-hmm. right? So it's like if we wanted to fund jobs. Um, healthcare wanted to make sure that people actually there was like a real functioning mm-hmm. democracy. If we wanted to get rid of corporate personhood, we just, we have to again harness the political will, agitate and organize to make that um, a reality. Because they they always say that yeah. it's too, ex- um, too expensive. expensive. Yeah. It makes me think about there's that little um, quote where it's like maybe one day the U.S. military will have to do a bake sale so it can yeah. you know so because yeah. that's what that's what has to happen to our right. schools right. right right they have to do all these bake yeah. sales and yeah, shit yeah. and it's like no we don't want money to go to war maiming killing or I think about here in Syracuse when the um, Syracuse police had a fucking tank tank what roll does, up what, onto somebody's what does house this, what does this city yeah. need and and again just th- thinking locally some the the highest paid People um, at the in terms of uh, city government, um, there's I think the the top list is like um, police officers, mm. and it's like imagine if we did put all that yeah. money to like like mobile mental health clinics, like crisis <laughs> clinics, or places you know making sure that people wow. had jobs or had the access mm-hmm. and the means you know to live, you know, because the money is there. Yeah, this, right. this is like the, this is what you're doing. With this it. is this mm-hmm. this is the country that's had the greatest wealth. In the whole history of humanity, mm-hmm. right? It, if it wanted to do these things, it could. Mm-hmm. So we just have to force it to do these things. So I'm curious to see what will happen. I think right now she um, AOC just has um, the the proposal is basically to create a committee of different kinds of for I kind of hate this word, um, but different stakeholders mm-hmm. to address to kind of do like a feasibility study to see how much it would cost to see um you know what other things um need to be in there. But I think this is a this is a really important thing that I think that we need to be paying attention to um mm-hmm. and watching. So that again, I quoted from the Green New Deal from the um Green Party, but can I think that link in yeah, the, we'll definitely mm-hmm. put a link to. But I think that's the strongest one, and we can see mm-hmm. from there, mm-hmm. you know, where where other places where like her form will, her version will align or diverge, and you know, we can um, again just see how this progresses. Thanks, Akita, <laughs> for the rundown of the Green New Deal. All righty. All right, Nikita, so we're going to move on along into our topic. Yes, we are. And um, just as played and cliche as it is, we're going to do like a wind down of the year. A queer in review. Sure. I thought we can start with just like our top five moments of... Queer Walk? Queer Walk for 2018. Gay teen. And then some like personal highlights. Okay. Not attached to the podcast. Okay. So you want to start? Number one highlight? I just, you know, I am opposed to hierarchy. It's not a hierarchy. So it these are in no particular, particular order. order. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I've still pinched myself. I cannot believe that we interviewed Barbara Smith. Barbara Excuse Smith. me. The, the Barbara, Barbara Smith. Smith. Yeah. That was. We did. 
she's just so oh my gosh yeah yeah it was amazing and like that i don't know just like the whole experience like taking pictures with her and just like it still feels like unreal like sometimes i have to go back and like look at the title just to be like wow we really did that yeah yeah um so yeah so that that interview was on episode 37 kambahi wakanda and barbara smith yes um and yeah, that's definitely a highlight of mine as yeah, well. Definitely. It's just, I mean, how do you, how do you, so I, re- I remember us sitting down in like this restaurant, this like buffet, um, making a list of like all the things that we wanted to yeah, do this year. Yeah. And we said that. Yeah. yeah. And we said Barbara Smith, yeah. and it actually happened. Yeah. yeah. Because she's right down the road. She is, yeah. I, I just want to go visit her one day. It's like, just... Auntie Barbara. I mean, I think something that we talk about here so much is that it just feels like... I mean, we know that there are so many amazing black queer women in particular who mm-hmm. are, you know, who are in the contemporary moment doing a lot of really amazing things. But so many of our uh, black queer or black lesbian ancestors are no longer with us. Mm-hmm. So it's so amazing and the thing that I was just so struck by in talking to her is that is she's been active in movements and organizing and in organizations and it, it really yeah. shines through and she's been doing it for almost 50 years for now. a really yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. So to be able to have that wealth of knowledge and experience and that insight and she's such an org organizer mm-hmm. and it's like um what do you mean by that when because she she's an organizer what i mean by that is that um so she talked a lot about of course like the poor people's campaign and i don't mean this as a hit or an indictment or anything like that i want to be very clear but i think because i think it's about a broader um context rather than just about um specific individuals but one of the things that happened in the 60s uh, particularly in, in like the 70s and the 80s is that the repression and the um the violence of the state the 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 extremes and the measures with which the state went to beat back the the movements mm-hmm. in that period one of the things that uh, we say is that it pushed the movements sort of like off the street and into the academy mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of i think there's a number of people who are um who were organizers and um who in the like the sixties, fifties, sixties, and in the seventies, but then they went on to do like academic mm-hmm, careers, and they're mm-hmm. not as necessarily involved mm-hmm. um, in the um, in, in organizing yeah. in a in a direct sort of like ongoing um, way. So when I say that uh, Barbara Smith is such an organizer, is that like she's still like she she still has a, a pulse on like the the discussions and the debates within the movements, like. Um, when we um, talked with her at uh, this lunch that we went to, so she was like, she was honestly trying to grapple with, um, and she's in. So she, what I'm saying is that she she's, in the she's in com- she's not just in the streets, but she's also in community with other organizers. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that she was talking about was she was really trying to grapple with prison abolition. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she said, she was like, I, she's like, you know, I think I agree with it, but she's like, it feels like a revolutionary demand, and she's like, and we're not in a revolutionary period. Mm-hmm. And I was just like. But but then she said she was like but she like it's one of the things that like I'm often like discussing and debating with, with like younger organizers mm-hmm. and it's like if you're in touch with people in a base then like it's not she's not just like pontificating on the internet right. or pontificating like sitting on her couch and being like, right you know what's radical right she, yeah or or writing papers about it like mm-hmm. in the academy and, and again there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong um, with that uh, so it's my turn yes to pick a highlight um, well. 
I guess keeping on that wave, um, my next highlight would be the, well, chrono- chronologically, but like uh, the Queering the Airwaves Symposium. Oh my freaking goodness. And having like Diamond be a guest on the show, yes. but more so like that whole day of just having like our- Our Black like, Batty Brigade. Our Black Batty Brigade. Come, come up here. Yeah, I was like, come up here. Come up to the tundra. Yeah, I'm um, sure after that trip, we'll probably just do all um, things down we'll in the do city. We'll do all the traveling. <laughs> yeah. From here on out. But it, it just means so it much was, that they came. It, it just, it really does. It means so much. Because the isolation is real up here in Syracuse. And also in, like, creating a podcast. Um, you know, like, I think so much... The two of us just spin in this process and just, like, being surrounded by, um, like, just, you know, black, brilliant uh, women and femmes who, like, are doing this, too. Yeah. And are like, oh, here, have you thought about this? Have you did this? Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It was just great. Sharing meals with them and, like, cackling and kicking to the wee hours of the morning. We we were basically, like, teenagers with Diamond. Like, the the night before she left, it was just like... I have not stayed up that long. (laughs) Y'all know I'm old. Like, tee-hee-heeing all night. Like, like (laughs) 4 or 5 a.m. For real. Yeah. Um, And... And I'm not going to lie, like, some parts of me are still so much fangirls of, like, I can't believe... Like, I had to work the day that everybody was coming up. And I come in my house and I'm like, oh, my God. Sam and Akua are on my couch! Like, <laughs> like you know, there's still, like, that. Sure. Because you listen to them and you, like, get to know them, like, through their through voices. The podcast. And, and you... I don't know. It's just, I'm still a fan. Like, I know them. They're yeah. my friends. Love them to pieces, but I'm definitely still a fan. And, like, yeah. yeah. So, I had those moments so much where I was like, Janicia is looking at my book collection right now. <laughs> You're oh, so yeah. ridiculous. I've, I've made it. I've arrived. I'm, <laughs> this, I'm here. This, this moment. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of you peasants, but I have indeed made it. Um, it was so lovely going with them to uh, see Harriet's gravesite. Oh, yeah. I, and it was the first time I went. Same. And and there's like no other. There's no better way there's, to have and, done that. There's just no other group of women I would have yeah. loved to do that with rather than yeah. them. It was it that was that and was also, such a wonderful knowing time. them. Also, I mean the the our podcast community is definitely a highlight of 2018. Yeah. And it, it just makes me think about like redefining friendship. Yeah. And um, like what it means to have a black feminist friendship. Yeah. If you've known me for a year and a half and you and you will knuck if you buck with me. Right. <laughs> like, you, that's it. That's this, love. This is for life. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, that's why the Queering Airwaves. That was, yeah. Was high for me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, I think the next thing would be, I mean, it just happened, but still. I mean, Alexis Paul, excuse me. Hey, PG. Dr. Alexis Pauline Gums, affectionately known as the High Priestess of Queer Walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had such, like, you know, I'm not, even, I'm not even this kind of bitch, but I had such some kind of, like, visceral, physical, like, reaction, like, mm-hmm. talking to her. It was like, I, it felt like something, like, lifted. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I just, the thing that feels, I mean, she's just a, a storehouse of black feminist brilliance but she 
it made me feel like I can do all things through black feminism that strengthens yeah. me. Like, yeah. she just made life and so many different things feel possible. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, black feminist miracles, indeed, it's going to be my mantra for 2015. Fine team. We're going to make that okay. catch on. Hashtag 2015. Um, but by, like... Every means necessary just feels so like different, right? And like in asking her, like, how do you make how how are you living? Like, right, how, right. How, how does the day to day things like rent and stuff yeah. like that get paid? And she's like, that's no more of a miracle than all these right. things that like black feminists before us right. did. And so you know that yeah, I, I wrote that down when she said it, and that has stayed with me like so much by every means necessary. Yeah, and also the the part about like seeing yourself reflected in somebody's work, and like that's what connects you to yeah. it, and like that. I I mean from from the community contributors and shouting out like Sarah McKeeva's work to like our like podcast yeah. homies, like all parts of that is like so true. Absolutely. Yeah. Just amazing. It made me want to, um, I want to get up in somebody's archive. What? The, are you saying that in a dirty way? No. Like, <laughs> there's I just, couldn't tell. No, the, there's just so many. The face you were making, you were just like, I want to get up in somebody's <laughs> archive. No, you pervert. I just mean, like, I just think a lot of that, like, that archival work. Um, that I she's be done. Deep off in the stacks. Um, I don't think you're. <laughs> we're talking about something else here. Um, just like that. That work to like. Um, th- that work to make. Um, like our black feminist ancestors, mm-hmm. like accessible and yeah. alive to yeah. and yeah, with yeah, us. Yeah. That is, that's like mm-hmm. such. Um, it's such like important work, and mm-hmm. I was. I'm, I'm just glad. Um, that she does it, and I just, I don't know, I'm like, I just want to go to somebody's archive and just find out more, because it's like, these are things that, I mean, like, I mean, we've said this, like, a thousand times, there was no, I didn't know about um, June Jordan, or, you know, Pat Parker, Mm -hmm. or Cheryl Clark, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to find out about those people, um, um, like, in school. Like, walking down the street. Just um, her her discussion about dedication and commitment to like black women that that also um, I, mean, I think it's something that we so I, I mean, it's something that we're definitely we're obviously committed and dedicated to black women too but it made me want to like deepen that yeah yeah in other ways too so I really appreciate it um, I just appreciated so much of her um, well definitely a highlight for me was hitting fifty episodes oh my gosh. Like, yeah. That episode was that, so much freaking fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. To just like <laughs> cut loose and it answer was questions. So much freaking it was, fun. Yeah. I just I just still can't believe that like I'm actually continuing to do this. And that yeah. is so much better now. Like having you as my co-host and the actual segments. Like it, it, it's funny because somebody was asking, I can't remember. Oh, they were asking, I think it was Sid from We See You we Sis. We See You Sis, yeah. yeah. And she was like, oh, I would love to hear a podcast Gay and from, Greek. from a, a person who's in Greek life about, like, was it specifically about queerness in Greek life? I thought so. I think it was just, oh, maybe. But I was like, oh, I actually did. did. <laughs> you can go to the podcast. <laughs> you can go to the podcast. And, um, and that was, like, back when I was still, like, host, like hosting yeah. by myself. Yeah. And just, like, how much growth the podcast has had since then. Yeah. Um, 
not not just growth in like uh, statistical ways of like plays or like any of that shit, but like felt growth, mm. like um, that I feel like I've learned. Um, you, know, I've shit. The last episode we was talking about Ambie Marie. I was like, right. uh, what? <laughs> you say what now? Um, and and just like on the technical end as well, like like finding out these hacks with uh, you know, the editing software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really do love the format with the um segments now, and I don't know. It's just it's just like that fifty was like a milestone because I started and I was inconsistent and got discouraged at the beginning because yeah. it's a lot of work. It I really think, is. I think people think that podcasting is like this frivolous easy breezy thing you you turn on your laptop and do and it takes a lot of work the the i don't know like the the dedication to not only myself but like my like other women of color who are queer trans gender non-conforming who like want want to hear like shit that 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 resonates with them like that's what kept me going definitely the support of like community contributors absolutely having my best friend as a co-host even though you mistreat me (laughs) i don't mistreat you you. don't stop it um you know it definitely got us 250 and i just am so excited to see 50 more 50 more absolutely Um, and then i just think about uh Oh, it was actually uh, an episode of Inner Hole Uprising where um, they were talking, they were doing an interview with somebody conveniently about a gay Greek organization. And the guest was saying, like, for LGBT stuff, like, 10 years is like a milestone. Yeah, so, like, the absolutely. number 10 is like a big thing. Or maybe it wasn't 10, but it was some arbitrary small number, right? And so, to get above that hump is a long time. Yeah. Right? So, like, mm. this, for this organization to have been around for 17 years is a it's big huge. deal for a queer of color organization. Yeah. And I feel the same way about the podcast. It's absolutely. Like, for us to have more than 50 episodes, like that, it just, yeah. All right. You want to do the last highlight? Oh, there's so much pressure. I was going to be pride. Our pride, pride episode. yes. <laughs> so my last, or the, the, the last thing um, that I think is a highlight for the year is, I the whole pride month was mm-hmm. just. It was fun. It was just so much freaking fun. It was so wonderful putting out um the the pride themed episodes mm-hmm. so we were you know weekly for that we month. were a, we were weekly so which I, we're never doing again by the way <laughs> <laughs> I do I wouldn't go that far um, it was a lot of work but I just absolutely <sighs> love that I mean I think that um, listeners and the community really love that and I haven't I've only been to Pride here locally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one and a half times. Why are you making that face? Because <laughs> normally it's whack, but it was yeah. like um, I think we were like excited just from you know the preparing and doing things for Pride for the podcast, and then mm-hmm. we went out um here at Syracuse together. And Pride is always whack. It's always whack. But yeah. I th- just like being with you and being with the rest of our Black queer crew, it mm-hmm. was just mm-hmm. it, that was I I did it was one of those things where I was like. You know, I'm feeling something. I, I don't know what this feeling is. I was like, bitch, you having fun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was just, I was just like, oh, my God. That was, uh, I mean, so wow. it's, it's kind of like cliche. I bet some of people are like, oh, no, they just saying that shit. But it's like, no, Pride in Syracuse is normally just so wacky. Y'all, it's like, okay, think about, like, the driest party you have ever been to. Now, 
place that outdoors. <laughs> that yeah. Exactly. Was like <laughs> with like white queers who are stuck in like 2003. 2003. Yeah. Y'all. So. Oh gosh. But and then they do they never have a good DJ and the DJ plays like weird covers of like Lady Gaga and Britney it's just, Spears. Yeah. It's awful. Um and they have the audacity to the charge. Unmitigated gall to charge. <laughs> they should be paying us. <laughs> To troll our asses up in there. To traipse. To traipse and trot our asses <laughs> up into that place. Uh, but I, I just don't think it's a coincidence that we, um, you know, we had that, that, you know, we did that Pride, the Pride episodes mm-hmm. for the podcast. And then we had like a really good Pride here yeah. in Syracuse. It's, just, it's not disconnected. Yeah. All right. So personal highlights. I you, want to start. Go ahead. A personal highlight for me was... Uh, Black Panther Month. I knew also you were going to say that. As February 2018. It, like, y'all, just, this For movie... people who didn't listen, just just remind them how many times you saw Black Panther. To date, in theaters, I saw Black Panther 11 times. Oh, my freaking In goodness. theaters. Because um, now it's on Netflix and I can watch they, it. <laughs> how much was it? They It grossed like a billion dollars or something. Yeah. I think you're like at least one... <laughs> 0.03% of that. <laughs> Y'all, oh my gosh. I, I watched it at the Dollar Theater in Rochester. I, I watched it. Like, so I got that movie pass thing while it was still, yeah. you know, very lively. You were like a money. Black Panther evangelist. I was. <laughs> Boy, have you heard the good word? <laughs> yes. And I just. Has Killmonger got you down? <laughs> Just, what? <laughs> or has Killmonger ignited you? Oh my god! Let me tell you about how to actually funnel this into some useful like shit, just like Killmonger, but black feminist. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I just I don't know. I love the movie. I could probably say every line from start not, to not end. Not probably. <laughs> I know for a fact. This actually, is the case. actually, when I was watching it in Rochester, uh, this guy was like. <laughs> This is my dad's first time watching it. I was like, "You, it's in the dollar theater. You see this at home at this point." Okay. Um, but yeah, it was it, like it, it. The movie, of course, obviously phenomenal. But just the whole experience, the experience around um, Black yeah. Panther, uh, just like seeing seeing like little kids at the theater pointing at the the um, poster, like that's me. No, that's yeah. me. I'm this. You know, and just like. It, I felt like I just needed it in, uh, in that moment. And that it's taken this long to have, like, a major black superhero movie. I got to, you know, be super cute for, like, a whole week. A whole... <laughs> the first five days it was released. I just... I went every day. And I already had my outfits planned. And I... You, know, you were killing the gram. I, I was can't, trying. I can't lie. I was trying. I can't lie. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, Martinique, how did you... They gave us ample time to prepare. Okay? All right. But I tried. Okay. <laughs> so, when y'all got the, what will we do? I... Just pulled a wakabi on that ass. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready. Okay. So yeah, that's a personal high. <laughs> I, I think we're done here. I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said. What about you this year? Um, keep 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 keep. Are you done? <laughs> I'm gonna start giving you ridiculous nicknames now that you're getting old. Oh my gosh! Please don't. Like little young nicknames. 
Lil Kiki? Lil Kiki. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> um, personal highlight for me is I think stepping out and doing this job. <laughs> you you the, what? Nothing. What why are you laughing? Nothing. Stepping out? Yes. Yes. Stepping out with your bad knees. Shut up. <laughs> no, working on the rig. Or just mm-hmm. you know. Just doing something at this age. I mean, this feels a little late to be doing like dramatic career changes, but maybe mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, it's not. Mm-hmm. But I was like, something I want to do, did research, and you know, I took a leap of faith mm-hmm. and I did it. And so far, I dig it. You know, I like it. And um, I don't know, I'm just proud of myself. I'm proud for of doing you too. That. Speaking of taking a leap, I can't believe. On the last episode where we talked about risk that I did not... I'm not going to bore the listeners, but there's just this really hilarious episode of Frasier where he's encouraging people to take risks and take leaps. And it's just it's just so funny. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, I, was like, I can't believe I didn't reference that hilarious I'm episode so, of Frasier. I'm so glad you didn't. But I did it now. Alas. <laughs> well, do, we have, do we have a friendship high... No, they've like a high from twenty eighteen. No, nope. <laughs> can't think of any. Bitch, what? No, I'm kidding. What has been a, a friendship highlight for us in twenty eighteen? Twenty eighteen, we see each other way more. We see we see each other. We've seen each other more this year than the previous five years that Combined, I've known yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. We've road trip together. Oh, we year. have. <laughs> We've never done that before. We never. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't kill each other. True test of friendship. Why would we do that? Okay, I know. I know. Um, I'm. A, I'm like a little bit annoying. I think you exaggerate. Yeah. What? How annoying I can be? Right no, now. I don't. I don't. I never. I've never called you annoying. That is a bold face lie. I've never called you annoying. It's a bold face lie. When have I ever called you annoying? You call me that. Give me the timestamp. At least once a month. <laughs> you tell me I act like a little sister annoying. That's, yeah. That's, so that's, this, a, you, mm, no, it's not. It's oh, different. Do, do, yeah. It's different. You sound I like a politician. I do not I, recall. I think you are um, implying things that are not said there. I say you act like a little sibling, and you do. Whatever. Little siblings act in a variety of ways. Shut up. <laughs> Don't try to get technical on me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we road trip together. I think our road trips have been good. Yeah. That last one when we were coming back and we listened to Pretty Ricky. Oh my God, that was so much confessions. fun. Yeah, we and were singing our hearts out. We were. And good. I actually knew those tunes. <laughs> tunes, okay. So also, here's a fun fact. Here, This is a, a personal highlight of your life that I have. Oh Money God. is officially getting old. No, and she's I am not. not. Try- and she's she's desperately she's desperately trying to run from. I'm it. still 25. There's no doubt about whether she's 25, but she's getting old. Like how am I getting old? Because how? it was how? one night. How? How? If you would let me answer, <laughs> are you done? Anyway, money was at my house one night, and it was like 8:30. She's like, "Whoa, I'm tired." <laughs> I had for context. I had worked from noon. This is no different. This is no different. This is no different than any other point in her life. Being emotionally present, psychologically present for money. How long you been therapizing? This is a moot point. 
there's that. When she was at Afropunk this year, she's okay, like, woo! Okay, she's okay. like, she's like, I'm tired. We she's won't like, talk about that. First she's like, all, my knees hurt. I can't keep doing this. First of all, keep my name out your mouth. It's there. Second of all, I'm, the only thing that's in my I'm mouth not- that's coming out right now are facts. <laughs> this doesn't mean I'm getting old. It okay? is. It is. I mean, money, the extrovert. Here. Money, the extrovert is like, whoo. Trying to plan some little solo trip because she's like, "Whoa, I just need to, I, I, I just need to have a little introspection time." I do. I need to get away. She's from people. old. I'm not old. Okay, she's, she's aging. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Feel like you and my sisters keep speaking this over my energy, and I won't have it. We it's, will it's, not have it. Oh, it is okay. The power of youth has been stripped away. It has not. It okay. is. And that is disrespectful for you to say that. It's well, fine. copy kill this fool. It's it's okay. You're one of us now. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, a, a 20 gay... T- we should have done, like, 20 gay teen highlights because, like, Janelle Monet that happened this year. Oh, yeah. I mean... I mean, for for the straights, it happened this year. I was about to year. say, is that... Who, who was that a highlight for? Uh, I mean... <laughs> I'm saying, for the straights. Yeah. And that also puts in perspective how long this year has been. Oh, God. When was that? Yeah. Forever. But, yeah, that happened this year. Lena Waithe's cape happened this year. No way. Yes, it did. Holy shit. Because the cast of Black Panther was Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) I feel like your life is, like, pre-Wakanda, post-Wakanda. And it really is. It really is. This is just... Um, another that documentary, Jules Catch One. That's oh, a fucking yeah. highlight. That's learning, a highlight. Learning about that living learning black lesbian Jules. legend. Yeah. yeah. And next year, when I go to uh, NWS Gay, I mean, <laughs> I mean NWSA. Okay. <laughs> I am. I'm gonna make it a mission to try to meet Jewel because she's out there in the Bay Area. Oh yeah. And NWSA is gonna be in the Bay Area next year. Ooh. And I just have to have to meet her. All right, Nikita. We're going to move it to our last segment of the year. Of the year. This is how we're closing 2018. How are we closing it? With a curved, 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 curved. curved. (laughs) A curved chronicle. And we actually have a submitted curved chronicle. Yay! I'm so excited. And so if y'all would like to submit curved chronicles, you can do so at queerwalkpod at gmail.com. Because, like y'all know, Nikita is bididaru, boot up, and I am dead inside. So, <laughs> <laughs> and just for those who don't know, Curved Chronicles is a section where you tell us about your dating woes and or wins. Yes. And so we have a letter from Pearl, as in garnet, amethyst. Okay, I don't care about cartoons. <laughs> Please let's move on. It's important. Okay, so Pearl writes. I met this girl. Oh, so first she like tells us how incredible we are, and we just really thank you for that. Thank you so much. You know, for the sake of like the letter, we wanted to get to the meat. Get to the juicy. I met this girl on one of the apps, and I wouldn't say we necessarily hit it off right away, but the inbox conversations weren't too bad. All this is to say, when the convos dwindled to nothingness, I obviously not sufficiently curved. Slid back into her DMs a full month later. I must have made a good impression because two days later we met up. 
We had a chill time and she made it very clear that she was not looking for a relationship because she had just gotten out of one, a long-term one, about six months ago. Being the kind of queer woman I am, I instantly fell in love with the unattainable and decided to get my whole heart broken. In the following weeks, we had a great time. The dates were awesome. Sex was ellipses. Okay. But, (laughs) But you know, I was in love, so that didn't really matter. Fast forward to a few weeks into November, she informs me that she'll need she'll be needing some space to prepare for finals and the holidays with family. I, being a mature adult in training, complied with great understanding and gave her the much needed space. Fast forward once again to December, La Chica messaged me to let me know that despite her also very busy schedule, she had met the love of her life, is working towards a relationship, and hopes to stay cool with me. Ladies and gentlewomen, I was curved. Real hard. I should have let this relationship go back, go back when she ghosted me for a month, but I didn't. I can't and won't promise to stay away from these type of girls moving forward, but I do promise to stock the fridge with only the best in cookies and cream ice cream. Sorry for the super long email, but I hope y'all enjoyed the chronicles. Sincerely, sincerely, <laughs> Pearl. Pearl. Wow. wow. Well, Pearl. Ouch. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I just think that there were so many curves. Yeah. At so many points. Yeah. Like, but she's aware. And I'm not just aware in retrospect, but I think she was aware at the time. I know. But, like, to say that I just got out of something six months ago, I don't know why, for me, six months feels like enough time uh-huh. to, to, like, have, is that a short amount of time to you? I, I think for me, it is. Oh, for you. Yeah. Okay, shut up. No, I just think you you take yeah, breaks. I do. But I feel, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you... Well, I mean, I guess I was going to say at the end of the day, I feel like you know if you're interested in somebody or not. Yes. Um, maybe there are some, like, exceptions to that. But I feel like for the most part, it's like, I, th- I think that you know that. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm, I think I agree with that mostly. I'm, tr- I'm just trying to think about that. Because on, on some level, it could depend on how you, like... How you're attracted to people, how you form relationships, blah, blah, mm. blah. But I feel like in that instance, yeah. she's like, she's f- saying that up front from the get-go to just be like, I don't want you to have any right, expectations right, right. of what like, this is going to be. That Yeah. And so so Pearl ended the letter with like, this kind of girl. Yeah. And that's what that's making me think about. Like, those kind of people who are like... I'll do everything relationshipy with you, right? But I'm gonna keep putting these barriers to be right. like, oh, but I told you, I told you at the beginning, right, right, that right. like it had only been six months, and same, saying one thing, but yeah, but doing, doing another, other things, yeah. like sending mixed. I told you I needed space, or like ghosting for a month, a month, yeah, and then being like really actively invested when you reach back out, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about like what. What different apps, like, set people up to expect from relationships? Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, I just feel like nobody on Tinder is looking for anything long-lasting. And maybe that's just, like, a sweeping generalization. Because, first of all, I think uh, (laughs) um, 
like my experience on Tinder is just matching with with half the damn people I swipe and nobody ever messaging. Uh huh. So it's like, are people just doing it to see who's around? Right. Do people like want to hook up? Because like I was talking to one of our friends and she was like, you have to put it in your bio. Only here for a night. And then you'll get the kind of interaction. Oh, I'm wow. Like, but that's not what the fuck I want to do. Wow. Like, I'm going to be here for five days. I'm gonna- <laughs> <laughs> I live here, you know, like, um, and so, yeah, so that has me thinking, like, how how has, like, the way we socialize through apps changed what, like, people expect based on where they meet you? Interesting. Um, and then, I just, I don't know what it is of people taking these sharp left turns in relationships. What do you mean? Um, Like... Oh, how do you go from, I need a little bit of space to, like, do my work for finals. To meet the love of your life. To, I met the love of my life, and I just, I still want to be cool. I mean, I, f- oh, excuse me. I feel like you only do that, honestly, when you're, when there's just no interest in the person that you were in whatever sort of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. entanglement slash relationship with. But this, I mean, the span of this letter is at, at least four months. Yeah. That's... But I don't know. I think that that's the thing that people do. I think people are just kind of like, I think a lot of people um, actually encounter or engage with people in a way where it's kind of like, it's like, again, it's the jagged edge approach. It's like, well, I ain't got nothing else to do. Might as well do it. (laughs) We ain't getting no younger. Yeah. I I was just thinking like, so she never mentioned that she was dating. I mean, maybe this is not a conversation that they had. Oh, that's uh, we have to have that conversation. Yeah, um, especially if we having sex. I like. I want to know if you're like dating and being physical with other people. Sure, and it has it has nothing to do with like oh, cause bitch, you mine. No, right. it's just like I want to know what like I'm opening myself up to, sure. both like physically sure. and in my heart. Right? Like, is, am I okay with this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's just no hope. <laughs> Um, that's one conclusion uh, somebody could come to, or you know, I think people. So this is this is I think a, as I get older, you know, the radical idea of communication in anything. I think there's so many people, me included, who would be down to like just fuck around if you were honest about like this is what I want to do, right? I mean, this is where I think as I get older, I feel, I agree with that. And I think at the end of the day, I think that's what it comes down to. But I wonder sometimes, I think there's sometimes, I think a lot of times people are not being honest with whoever they're engaging with in whatever capacity. But a lot of times I don't think people are actually being even honest with themselves about what they're actually doing and what mm-hmm. their intentions are. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But I think as I get older, um, I... I think I like I bristle at the thought because it's something about it, it just sounds a little conservative. But I mean, I think that we have to be responsible for how we treat one another, absolutely. But I also feel like we have to once people show you how and who they are, do things that you have to believe them. Mm-hmm. I think there was enough there to be like, even if, even because this is what this, this is a thing. Isn't somebody that I should be serious. Yeah, yeah, because even if that person was like. Because it's like you said, this is the, what they go back to was, look, well, I said X, Y, and Z. But mm-hmm. it's like you have to look at how people are actually 
treating you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if they're saying, you know, one thing, but like doing other things or doing things that aren't yeah. particularly consistent, or even if even if that person was like, yes, I want to be with you, but then they're like... But then they're doing something that doesn't like... Yeah, and not even to say that that person was saying that, yeah. but it's like, at some point, mm-hmm. and I think, I think people get hopeful and it's like, I know that somebody's doing X, Y, and Z, but I hope that they will do something different. I hope that we'll spend enough time mm-hmm, together where mm-hmm. their opinion or their idea will change. Yeah. And I think at some... And, and I you think, just falling head over heels in love with hope. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, actually, there's nothing in like that mm-hmm. actually existing context of the right. relationship that I, where I right. should be gleaning that something is going to be different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was also thinking about... Um, like, how I am as a person, like, I get, like, really quickly, um, I just, I think I I love people very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I can relate to that, just, like, throwing your whole heart in. Like, like you were just like, you know, what I'm I'm taking into 2019, um, 2019, is, like, not giving that to people who, like, don't give it to me. Yeah. And they don't have to do they don't have to do it in the same way I do yeah. it. Because I, I I know that I'm a lot and I'm an extra ass bitch. But just that like meet my intensity with it. So like are they as excited exactly about me as yeah. I am about them? Yeah. That, that um, I think that's really what I, I think that's yeah. you nailed it. That's what I I'm really trying to get at. Yeah. I think sometimes Especially now, like me talking, I started this uh, segment talking about being dead in the inside. I think sometimes we get so into this like scarcity mindset of like there there is no love out there. Like there's no example of like folks like me being love and having love or sustaining love, which is why I'm writing my dissertation on it. You know, it's like um, to get those stories out there. That we you just we grasp just had to do yes. whatever is there, yeah, whatever like, you're thrown. She messaged me back, so right. so we're getting married. You know? Right, right, <laughs> like, right. It's like actually, like no, like we still deserve to like to have to have our love met with love too. Yeah, and in the ways that we want it to be. A- absolutely. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'll be. Can, can you explain what that is? Um, I don't, I don't, so. uh, throwing his ass in a hexagon. <laughs> Whoa! That's a lot of sides. <laughs> <laughs> to ring in uh, 20 fine teens. Absolutely. So. Um, but I'm actually going to challenge Pearl to... To stock the fridge with ice cream? To, to not... No, when they say, it's like, I'm still probably going to be attracted to this kind of girl or something. Didn't they say that? I can't... And won't promise to stay away from these type of girls moving forward. I think you should try, though. I think you should try. I think that you have yeah. to try. Because at the end of the day, that shit doesn't feel good. And yeah. you know it doesn't exactly. feel good, Pearl. Exactly. Yeah. There um, there are definitely uh, fuck, fuck folk among us. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I think what they're trying to get at is, you know, I don't think you should beat yourself up if you do. But I think, yeah. I think that you really have to have these moments just kind of like consistent assessing mm-hmm. what am i getting from this Do, you know is is this meeting the, the the needs that i have of whatever kind of configuration or relationship i'm not saying like you're like mm-hmm. is this person in love of my life no but it's right. like with with you know within the bounds and the agreement the, you said the conversation was meh you said the sex was meh yeah. it, there was a lot <laughs> yeah yeah so, so it's like it didn't even at the end of the day you didn't 
I mean, of course you're still like, you're, I think you might have been, and I don't know, you could be like, bitch, you'll know me, and that will be fine, because that's true, Pearl. But I think you might have been, like, enamored with, like, an idea of something mm-hmm. rather than what was actually, like, yeah. there. Well, so 2018 has been a treat. <laughs> how, how are we going to march into 2015? So, like, set set an intention for 2019? Why didn't say well, how are we gonna march in? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna march in. I am going to march into 2019, flagrantly alive in the sight of my ancestors. That's always a good way to be. Yeah. And doing a mean shoulder shimmy. I yeah. see. All right. Yeah. How you gonna march into 2019? Uh, probably just like a bad bitch. <laughs> oh, just that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just keep. I'm just keep on that. Little way. Fem Daddy Oreo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. So we'll see y'all on the other side of New Year's. Yes, yeah, so we're taking a break for January. So you can catch us at the end of January. End of January. Yeah. We, you know, we, we need a little break, Nikita. Just a little bit. Just a little. So it's, it won't be, we won't be going long. You'll hardly miss us. In the meantime, you can catch us on Instagram at Queer Walk Pod. You can find us on Twitter, also at Queer Rock Pod. And maybe you just joined us in November, October. Mm-hmm. And there's so many other episodes that you want to catch up on. So in the meantime, we'll be sharing some, some of our favorites, some of the ones we mentioned um, in this uh, Queer in Review episode. Mm-hmm. And so just go through the podcasts. And uh, we'll still be active on social media. So w- remember, when you get your T-shirt... You can still send us a picture and we'll post it. Yeah. Send us questions. Send us more Curve Chronicles. Send us topics. What are the things that you want to be talking about in 2019? Like we said, the bottom of the barrel for the topics, y'all. So send them in. Hashtag hashtag QueerWOC and you can just as easily send us stuff there. Follow me at Melanated Money. That's (laughs) M-E-L-A-N-A-T-E-D Cha-Ching. (laughs) <laughs> oh wow okay that was weird and you can follow me at, at afro blazing guns 2g's pow pow <laughs> see oh mine was weird though it was but yours was cool yep fuck you nikita I love right. you guys <laughs> gals and gender non-conforming bye bye